This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, footy heads and jumper washers, the tide has finally turned. The summer infernos that started in July are finally doused. Nature is back in its box. Footy lovers, Australia will weather this current virus storm. The nation will emerge from its darkest hour with time on the clock to score a win. There will be a golden dawn. New heroes and life will blossom across our drought-blighted, flood-drenched land. Yes, it's time to bump. It's time to thump. It's time to dump and celebrate on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Pull them up, pull them on, and pack down for bludging on the blind side with the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the leading light of long shots, H.G. Nilsson. Let her rip, H.G. Yes, uh, TF Much. Cedric Espen Sump, AO, torching the blindside blue paper once again. Uh, and that's the power and the passion of the Sumter uh, camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof booth here at the ABC Grandstand HQ. And the Sumter has asked me at the top of the spray today to take a minute or two and congratulate and thank, that's right, congratulate and thank, on behalf of a nation, all Australians who are slaving away against the odds. These are the quiet and forgotten Australians, forgotten and overlooked, but not by the blind side. The Sumster in particular has asked me to salute Barnaby Joyce. He must be me up to something, but Lord knows what. Greg Hunt. The name says it all. Bob Catter, the Cattle King, is into it up to his eyeballs. The mystery man, Peter Dutton, on the lurk. And let's not forget the member for Manila, Georgie Christensen. A man described this week as a man with an unusual online presence. I'm licking my lips in anticipation already. Anyway, he's uh, hard at it nightly in ponytails with the camera who burst back into the public gaze late this week in uh, Malcolm Turnbull's Bigger Picture bio story, which is a magnificent read if you're stuck at home. Obviously, who is it? And want something to do? Why not order a bigger picture uh, from Malcolm and cross out the bits that you don't think apply to anybody at all. Quiet Australians, they're all quiet Australians doing what comes naturally and can I congratulate and thank all job keepers with the handout, especially employers with the handout. Congratulate and thank them for who are begging for more. Welcome to Bludging on the Blind Side and Footy Season 2020. A warm welcome to footy heads across Australia to another blast of boot festivities, frenzy and frolics. Now... Bludging buffs, right-thinking patriots, God talks to me, pilgrims, TP hoarders, looking for another role and mad footy freaks, H.G. Nelson, opening the blindside dig for another set of seven. What a week. What an incredible week. A week when too much sport is barely enough. And like many of you, I'm really loving this less is more approach to the world of sport. A couple of looseners to get us going. Very sad week. Uh, this week, uh, look, uh, I know we'll be talking about this at length during the show, but we lost a horse called Mighty or the horse called Mighty this week. Yes, the great might and power. After 26 years, 26 years of putting in, has moved on to bigger and better things. A eulogy to the great conveyance later in the show. Uh, both Roy and I took calls from Bruce McAvaney this week, who was distraught, distraught. He revealed to us, I think, privately and together, that he'd loved the horse. 
ever since he saw the horse from day one. And I said, Bruce, Bruce, don't tell me more. Don't leave it there, buddy. Just leave it alone. The public know how you feel about Winks. And on this day when Mighty's left us to trammel the reputation of both Winks and Mighty Power by revealing you had a thing for both of them. I mean, it's just not right. Uh, with Mighty on my mind, incidentally, I got involved in Pinjarra midweek race four. Uh, the Mandurah stock feeds maiden over a 1,600 metres uh, landed another nice queue that exploded to a couple of hundred for the dollar invested where I was uh, punting. And in Minor Miracles this week, I got the number of the forgotten man of Australian golf. Royal will drop that number when I let him off the leash in a few minutes' time. So stay seated for that. That that will rock you. You'll be shocked where Hensby's putting at the moment, numbers-wise. Aussie's fired up by the promise of Australia. It's tremendous to have you with us as we prod forward once again through the solidly backed-up storage of the week's sporting action. Remember to step up and have a go to get a go. Now, look, I'm super excited about this. Uh, it's an unprecedented level of excitement that is coursing through me. That's right, unprecedented to get the blindside barge away from the wharf. Let's talk to a man whose lobbying efforts at the federal government level, the highest level this week, has paid a big result for the people of Lithgow. Remember the lift to nowhere, which has been a feature of Watsford Over for many, many years now, drawing tourists and sports buffs to this great hub to see a lift with no one in it, going nowhere, doing nothing. Well... Wait for it, the lift is to get an addition. A government grant of $6.7 million has been secured for a block of toilets to be cantilevered off the lift shaft at the fifth level. It's a great concept, something new in toilet facilities in Australia. And remember, of course, we can't be taking leaks in Creek or dropping the load on an endangered toad anymore. All those days are gone, changing behind the fig tree, changing in the car, all that sort of stuff. Ah, but elsewhere... This shaft has just got now toilets attached to it, which is great. These toilets are part of the lost former uh, Minister of Sport, Bridget McKenzie. That's Shotgun McKenzie's grants program. It's an ambitious, but it's planned with the future in the mind. Uh, 70 bowls of fowlerware, cantilevered, five storeys high, will be linked to the town sewerage system, allowing for all recycling and of waste and any other extras that might be shoved down there, you know what I mean? Now, what an attraction. Imagine taking a dump five storeys high while watching a top game of Group 10 Rugby League once the hostilities recommence, and they will eventually. Uh, the man who brought this concept home to the Golden West is rampaging Roy Slavin. Roy, can we get the bludging on the blindside bunny in motion simply by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week, you? Yes, thank you very, very, very much, HG uh, Nelson. It, look, it's been... Oh, where to start? It's been an impossible week for believers. I've been sick all week. Nausea, galloping, galloping nausea. Talk about social distancing. I've had to bloody make sure I stayed within two metres of a toilet all week. That's the sort of week it's been. And it's psychologically induced, spiritually induced, mm -hmm. because Max Verstappen is driving a Holden supercar in the Indian series, in the Indy series. Now, the IndyCar series. Now, it's virtual, though. I know it's virtual. That's it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't care. You'd be better the car if he wasn't. It was real. I've yeah. never known. If there's one person, the most un-Australian person on this planet is Verstappen. I've never met the bloke. I don't want to meet the bloke. If the bloke came into the room, I'd vomit. That's how I feel. And that's how I felt all week, because the name Hushaman is associated with Holden. Holden! I know. And it's an insult to 
every worker who ever worked at Fisherman's Bend or any of those great... Yes, all those great plants Mm. that produced Australia's greatest car. Peter Brock. I know. An insult to Peter Brock. An insult to Mark Scaife. I don't know if Scaife drove a hold or not. Let's say he did. Or Whittenbottom. Mark Whittenbottom. Frosty. Frosty, yeah, Frosty. Bloody hell. I know. These people should be... Marching. Uh, yeah, I know. You know, and I, I, I don't want to get you off the bit here because no. I know how much this means to you. Yes. But look what look what Sam Newman's doing for golf. I know, we'll get to that. Yeah, but what I mean is the protest wise, where are the protests? Yeah, where are the protests? It's up to you, Yeah, Roy. I know, I know, it's up to me. A lone voice. A lone voice. Mm-hmm. I'm the only anti Verstappen figure on the planet at the moment. But I but my part of me says I'm not alone. That's what gives me comfort. This is Anzac Week, remember. I know. Oh, don't remind yeah, me. I know. Verstappen. I know. But, just Now, staying on motorsport just for a moment, HG, it's been that sort of week. We lost Sir Sterling Moss this week, the last of the gentleman drivers. Mm-hmm. He was an absolute gentleman. I, <laughs> I spent a fair bit of time with Sterling back in the day. Lovely, lovely man. Um... Got booked twice with uh, Sterling Moss. He was driving both times. Just loved speed. Couldn't help it. Mm-hmm. But in a very gentlemanly sort of way. Um, Do you know what sobers me about this, though? Yep. He went before Verstappen. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. That, hold, that hadn't been lost know, on me. No, His good. timing was perfect. <laughs> His timing, as usual. Yes, it As was. usual in life, yeah, yeah. as in death. Yeah. Um, Sterling's timing was perfect. He always, I would say that he always wanted to have the keys, Sterling Moss. Um, hated being driven. You know, even if you got a cab with him, he'd get the cabbie out, put him in the back seat, he or she, and insist on driving. Mm. That sort of bloke. He um, he used to sing when he drove in competition, HG. Mm-hmm. He related this story to me. I remember we were driving uh, somewhere near... Must have been in Sussex, the Sussex area. Uh-huh. We're having a bit of a spin on the flatland there. And um, he, he said he, he loved singing slow songs while driving quickly. Songs like My Funny Valentine. Wow. And uh, he proceeded to begin, you know. My funny valentine. Driving along. Get on, man. Kept singing, singing away. Um... Is your figure less than Greek? Is your mouth a little weak? You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. Unforgettable. He he used to sing that as well. Ah. Unforgettable. That's what you are. That's the very sort of gear he was he was doing, actually. Much very much in the sort of Matt Munro style. Ah yes, yes, for those who would know. For those who remember the Maestro Matt Munro, the man with the golden tonsils. Um and he said the slower he sung, the faster he drove. Ah, it's an odd... Odd thing, isn't yeah. it, with uh, Sir Sterling Moss? But they're, they're the things I think about. I think of the great times we had, the great drives we went on, uh, the terrific corners he took. Mm, cornering. His he, go. It, it was his go. Right. He, 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 he had this balance. He had this, he had this feel uh, for, dro- for balance, yeah. He drove with his he arse, dro- he, he? he? did drive with his bottom. Yes, yeah. he did. He did. He did. And that was the secret, that and the timing. The timing. But uh, overarching all of this with Sir Sterling, he was a gentleman. Uh-huh. A gentleman. Absolute 
gentleman. Uh-huh. You know, he'd always be first out to open the door for you. Yeah. You paid know, for everything. Yeah, paid for everything, paid wherever he went. Anyway. Now, a terrific week for Rugby League, HG. The, yes. um, the smoking of the peace pipe between uh, Valanders and Skid Marks at nine. Uh, look, I don't know how it went. I don't think there was an outcome. I think there was just uh, a willingness on behalf of Skid to talk again and a willingness on behalf of the man with the mull, Peter Vlanders, to... Turn up. To turn up and speak with again. With another batch. Yeah, with another, ba- with another batch. Uh, so so I, I, don't, I don't know. But the good news is for Rugby League is that it has secured, through Peter Vlanders... Um, a $250 million line of credit through a British bank. Well, that's the bad news. As in the 250 good, the British bank. Yeah, that's the one. I isn't mean, it? Yeah. in the week where Verstappen I know. is driving, you yes. know. Yes, a Holden. A Holden. Yes. Rugby league, Rugby league has to go to a British Cap bank. Cap in hand or a British, yeah, I know. I mean, what's happening with the NAB? What's happening with, with, with the Commonwealth Bank? Right. You know, the big Aren't three. Aren't they interested? Aren't, Aren't they interested, interested in Rugby League? Yeah. And let's not forget that everything we do in Australia at yes. the moment yes. is connected to rugby league. It is. We filter everything through the prism through of the rugby, prism league. rugby league. Of course. Yeah. And we have to go to British banks to find two fifty. I mean, a, for just a measly two fifty million chips. Now, uh, okay. Uh, other news: the Warriors have been left in the dark. This worries me with Anzac bearing down upon us. We're meant to be the, the, the team. The Warriors are meant to be leaving tomorrow. If the twenty eighth of May is, is the starting gun. Mm-hmm. They've got two weeks in isolation yes. and then begin training. Now, the Warriors, and fair enough, they wanted to know a few things. They wanted to know where they're going to be based, mm-hmm. where they go when they get out of the confinement, out of isolation. You know, where are they going? Are they going to Kempsey? Are they going, you know, yeah. Penrith? They don't know. I think Kempsey was the first Kempsey, choice. Well, Kempsey wouldn't be bad. Uh, they they want to know: Can they bring family? Don't know. Are they allowed to? Is there any medical support? Mm-hmm. Don't know. Mm-hmm. The NRL, Volandis and Co, Greenberg and Co, didn't bother return the call. Have not reached out. Have not even circled back. In Antarctica. Have not acknowledged. What the, these warriors were heroes. Remember, uh, they hung around, they weren't going home in case the competition kept going. They were prepared to sacrifice their families, mm-hmm. sacrifice their love of homeland, the shaky isles, all of that, land of the long white cloud, all of that, prepared to put that aside to sacrifice themselves for the rugby league. I know. And what does the rugby league do now? Uh-huh. Ignores them. I know. It's shameful. Mm-hmm. Remember, Anzac, NZ, the NZ in Anzac. That's the warrior spirit. I know. It's a sh- I'm know. speechless. I'm speechless. In other rugby league news, Darius Boyd will not live in a Sydney bubble. He's decided, doesn't matter what happens, he's not coming to Sydney. Uh, fair enough. Aye. Fair enough. He just wants to say north of the Tweed. That's fine. That's fine. Mercifully, I don't think he's going to be challenged. I, I think if, you know, if State of Origin was going to happen, I don't know if Darius would be. Number one. No, nah, I don't think so. Anyway, good news, however. Talk of Quade Cooper being lured to the NRL. He's been courted by the West's Tigers. I know. What a catch that would be, eh? That would be incredible. QC, the QC. <laughs> Very good. Eh? As a Tiger. I know.
I mean, sure, he comes with a bit of baggage. Uh, you know, maybe. he might be. A, I don't know how stable he is. I well, don't a bit know. flaky. Yeah, a bit flaky. Yeah, sometimes but, good, but sometimes he's going to get punters. Oh, not that punters can go, but punters would be interested. They would. They'd be very interested oh. in uh, you know whatever. What Quaid, Quaid brings? Yeah, what Quaid brings? Yeah, exactly. Now uh, there are two schools of thought vis-à-vis Premier Palaszczuk. HG earlier in the week, she'd thrown a weight behind the state of origin happening. Yesterday, she'd removed throwing her weight behind the state of origin happening and saying it's not going to happen. So I'm confused. Mixed signals. We're getting mixed signals from the Palaszczuk government in this regard. Um, Now, the NRL clubs themselves, the individual clubs, you know, like Wests and Manly and Penrith, et cetera, et cetera. Parramatta. Parramatta, Bulldogs, et cetera. They're threatening to urge members to boycott Channel 9. You told me this. I didn't believe it. No. How does it work? Well, it works like this. There'd be a flyer that would go out probably by email to all the club members and it would say from on behalf of the president of the club, hello, member, I don't want you to watch A Current Affair, Channel 9 News um, or that stupid show with uh, Carl and Ali in it of the morning, something like that. Uh, be in touch later. Stick to your guns. Stay on another channel or go to, go to your streaming services. Yeah, keep loving the league. Keep loving the league, yeah. yeah. What, watch the, what, watch the, 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 the local club channel. I mean, I'm sure there would be one. Bulldogs TV, I'm sure it's great. Anyway, that's what they're threatening to do unless skid marks come to some sort comes to some sort of agreement indicating that they are interested in rugby league happening, even if there are no crowds there. Have you ever heard of this happening Never before? Never in my life. Now I, I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but it's democracy, isn't it? Yeah, uh, true. It's liberating, isn't it? It's liberating the clubs to do what be they a want force. to do. Yes, to be a force. And do you think Channel Nine are worried? <sighs> Hard to say, hard to read, isn't it? It's very extremely hard, hard to read. Hard to read at the moment. Would the would the Bulldogs have that clout with their membership? Uh, yes, Bulldogs I think they do. Trust? I think I think if the Bulldogs, if the chief says you're not watching nine, I think they'd, you know, right. Or would it have to come from a player? Oh, As in who would know who the Bulldog chief was? Oh, I don't right. Mean that. Dean Pace, the coach. Yeah, I think. right. Let's say Dean Pace says, "All right, oh boys, I want you to tell everyone not to watch Channel Nine." Oh, but I really enjoy it. No, you're not watching it. Yeah, but can't. Oh, I don't care. Watch the other one, that terrific little show on yeah. Seven, whatever yeah, it's called, right. Sunrise. You know, Koshy. Koshy and the yeah. person who's disappeared, nobody knows where, whatever her name is. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> uh, now, Sam Newman, you mentioned this, actually. Uh, he staged a protest outside the Victorian Parliament demanding Victorian golf courses be opened. Now, it's, it is terribly inconsistent, isn't it? I think you can play golf in New South Wales. You can. In fact, I saw some excellent uh, what are called magazine items oh, yeah. about playing golf in New South Wales only last night or during the week right. where they said it was terrific, people were getting together and yes. losing weight, right. having fun out in the sunshine and so yes. on yes. and improving their handicaps. And, right. they, and there's been a boom. Apparently, you cannot ring up today in New South Wales and get onto any course for about Oh, I don't know, five weeks. Is that right? Yeah. It, it's just so gone So there are winners, winners and losers in this thing, but, but obviously golf, club, golf, golf clubs are the, are the big winners. Remember in the past we've worked hard with Golf Month. We have. We had to. We I, did. I think our slogan was drag golf off the, drag the bag yeah. off the course. Yes, that's right. That's and right. they've got tremendous traction. Yes, they do. Well, now they do. Well, now, but, but, well what's wrong with it with, the, with, with, with Daniel Andrews and the, the Andrews government? Why, why can't you play golf in? Sam's got a bit of a point here, I think, hasn't he? Well, I think if we're going to have national consistency, and where is the federal minister of sport? 
Well, who is the, who is the federal minister for sport? I mean, I immediately got stuck on Hunt. Well, I don't think he, he is. I think he's health. He used to be. He is health now. He used yeah. to be in sport. When I could never remember his name. It's Colbert, is that his name? Could be. Something now, like the one that? thing I was going to say was Daniel yeah. Andrews says he'd love to be playing golf too. But the yes. experts. But the, oh, experts. No. I don't need to finish that sentence, no, do I? No, No, you don't. Look, just finally, HGM, what has been, as I say, a very troubling, impossible week for believers. Spare a thought for our cricketers. I know. You know, with the IPL, it may never happen again. The IPL, IPL's been cancelled and this is costing a fortune for people like, you know, Paddy Cummins and Warner, Smith, Big Show. Big Show. You know, they're missing out on millions. I don't know what can be done. I don't, I don't know whether we need to can I expand that? have some sort of appeal. Would we need a I, I know we're a little bit of... appeal exhausted at the yeah. moment. There's been so many appeals and quite, I mean, they're all great. Uh, they're all worthy. They're all worthy. Especially at this time. Yes. But can I just say, it revealed this week that Cricket Australia's now another busted ass operation. I know. I know. They've no only money. got four months left. I know. They'll be getting a line of credit from some British bank. Oh, imagine that. Australian cricket sponsored by a British bank. <sighs> Make it that what you will. How to build a healthy community? <laughs> Form a club. <laughs> build a clubhouse. <laughs> Win matches. This is Bludging on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. Something we overlooked in the uh, in the opening remarks, of course, was the Hensby number. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, been a long-standing tradition with the work that we've done is to try and just highlight the forgotten man of Australian golf. The uh, man Mark who Hensby, feared he might the, become. The forgotten man of Australian golf. Yeah. Certainly not here. Not here he hasn't. No, not we, a, we never forget him. Yes. And he, so where, where's he sitting at the at moment? At the moment, she's uh, in the world ranking. He's 2089. Right. So, uh, is that good? Oh, I suppose it's good, isn't it? He's on the charts. He's on. Yes. And yes. would this enable him to play in some of the big contests? No. Should 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 they be allowed to happen this year? Look, there would have to be some sort of special dispensation. Well, no. I was going to say there'd have to be some sort of huge virus have an impact on player numbers. I think for Hensby, Hensby to make the cut, to waddle out. Yes, yes. It or does... to get the invitation, I should say. You're talking about the, say, the the British Open or the well, I American, mean, obviously the these, Masters. Or, yeah, these yeah. things have been postponed quite a bit of time. Yeah, uh, and but, I worry about them all being bunched together at the it's end madness. of the year. It is madness. Too, I mean, it just devalues them. Indeed, and people need to think. Players yeah. especially need time to think what they're going, yes. where they're going wrong, where they have to improve. You know, Hensby must spend all his time thinking because yeah. he's got to improve an awful lot. Yeah. Would he be making a living at that uh, number? Oh, what a good question, H. I, I, I can't help you there. I no, can't. I, right. I, I really can't. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> look, um, one of the topics that, or one of the shows that's come back this week, and I think it's a timely return is, of course, MasterChef. Oh, yes. Uh, we were talking about television and what you can watch and what you can do. Yeah. And it's got a new cast, basically, of uh, yeah. judging panel yeah. with familiar faces in yeah. the cooking uh, behind, behind the saucepans and rattling the uh, the cutlery. Yeah. And I wanted to give you a couple of ideas. Is One of the judges said, what the world needs now is the ability to be comfortable with who we are, yeah. both in ourselves and in our food. And this season has that in spades. Now, okay. this is a problem that I'd not encountered before. No. Well, with lockdown, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cooking going on in homes, HG. Because um, restaurants have been locked down across Australia. Yes, yeah. and, and people fact, got time on their hands. And, time uh, on their and hands. And they've, they've stocked up 
You know, people yeah. have uh, been See? ahead of the curve, cunning, and so they've got themselves a couple of cans of uh, tomato soup. tomatoes. Well, chopped tomatoes, you'd yes. say, or uh, organic some flour, some, flour. some self-raising flour yes. in particular. And they might have a pasta in mind. Yes. Uh, mixing the flour into yeah. a pasta. And oh, then hadn't with thought of that, pasta. but there yeah. you are. You're and then, your sauce. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And then all of a sudden a sauce <laughs> yeah. with a bit of parmesan cheese. Oh, well, there you are. And all of a sudden mm. they would be writing this up on blogs and yeah. people would think, what a good idea that yes. is. I hadn't thought of that at that's all. Right. It's a wonder that other people in other parts of the world hadn't thought of this yeah. too. Well, I assume there's an international network of people people coming up with their own recipes and saying, try this, or have you tried doing this, or bloody blah, blah, blah. It's all great. The uh, Although it's, it's the Gordon Ramsay show, or it was this week, wasn't it? It was all Gordon, yeah. MasterChef. And we, what, can I just say, the judges, you can see why... George, Gary and Matt in the old days yeah. held such sway yes. and drew such big numbers yes. in terms of ratings because yeah. they were very, very, you know, helpful. Well, they'd be very disappointed, I think, in the numbers this week, HG, because it's the most successful launch of MasterChef, MasterChef in five years. Is that right? That's right. It's back from the dead. It's back from the dead. Um, and is that because the stars of yesteryear are in it? Like, without doubt. Yes. Without doubt. People love seeing your four, po. you know, Little Poe and Callum, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, what they're the doing now, did well. what they've done before. How they've matured as, yeah. as cooks and as people, I think, actually. People are fascinated by that. Now, can I ask? But, <clears> but I'm not so sure about the judges. Uh, you know, Adam, I think it might be Melissa and Jock. Now, they all seem to be wearing a fair amount of vanishing cream, apart from Melissa, who has a, an odd way of eating. Now, I hope someone has a word to her. You don't have to brush the food across your teeth before you have a go at it, you know what I mean? Right. And, and I, I think she coined the term at one stage. It hadn't kicked on, but I hope it does kick on in future weeks. It's probably all been pre-recorded, but anyway. Yeah. She said, uh, well... I'm going in, as in, going to have a bite. I'm going right. in. I thought, well, well, that's a great idea. Never heard that from Matt, Gary or George. Never no. once in no, how many 15 <laughs> years they did it. Never once did any of them say, well, time to go in. <laughs> now, can I ask, are you bothered at all by the idea of cooking with liquid nitrogen? Mm. Uh, oh, this has been it... around for a while now. Yeah, it, I know. it came just uh, after the sous vide. I mean, a sous vide is just as bloody mad. I mean, who has one of those around the house? I don't. No. What about those little blow torches, eh? You got one of those no, for your brulees? No, I haven't got for, for me creme brulee. No, yeah. No, I haven't. Well, well how do you brulee? How, how, um, how do you how do you scorch it up? Do you just put it under the griller? I do it, put it under the griller <laughs> if I'm moving in that direction. All I right. try not, not to move in the direction that requires a blowtorch yeah, right. for the cooking. Yeah. Uh, well, same here. Yeah. It never occurred to me. You know, pass me the blow, the blowtorch. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I was interested in was in the idea that the mm. liquid nitrogen freezes things yeah. with the syrupy substance still inside. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure whether I call that cooking. No. I call it freezing, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, let that yeah. sit there. The yeah. um, other quote that I got was uh, this year it's uh, going back to real people serving real food with a lot of flavour. Now, is that what's been missing? Well, real real people, people. I thought they were real people in the past. Well, I didn't realise they in were. In fact, some of them are back. <laughs> you mean they weren't real before, but now they are? They are real. And real what, little food. Little Poe and Callum and Co., they weren't real before, now they are? I think that's what they're suggesting. Is that what they're suggesting? We're not looking at pretty stuff for the sake of it. Mm. Well, the first step seemed to me just all, all pretty. artifice. It was. Um, now, can I just raise a question here? Well, what are they going to do without Gordon? 
you know, once Gordon's gone, they're going to be a bit exposed, these judges, next week, unless they have another heavy hitter coming in like Marco Pierre-White or someone like that. Whoa, that big. Yeah. I was just wondering if, uh, you know, they could get Curtis Stone. I know he's not a judge, but he knows his food, and he's a real person. Curtis has been a friend of the program in the past, HG. I haven't watched it that much. And I think he's a big sponsor of, I want to say, Coles, which is one of the sponsors of the program. So Uh, that would be a a very neat fit fit to have Curtis come, yeah. Now, can I just say that in the past I've made a lot of money out of MasterChef by betting on it. Mm -hmm. Now, the fact that it's all in the can already and I know who's going to win seems to not bother people about putting bets on stupid bets on people who... Yeah. Do you think the, um, especially in this time of need where we have very few punting options because, you know, people who like to bet on their sports yes. just can't get a bet on for, no. because there's no sport yeah. except for the races. Mm. Um, I'm just wondering if you feel as though it would be wrong to open up MasterChef for mm. punting. Is it legal to frame a market on it, HG? Because I don't want to break the law here on the ABC. I don't. No. I don't. But I, if you think it's okay, if you think it's legal, I could easily frame a market and, you know, put it online next week and people can get involved should they want to. Do we need to reach out to Cenobet or uh, Bet365 or someone like that? Or the Lad- Ladbrokes or Lad- the <laughs> <laughs> And we, we certainly should reach out because yeah. I think the whole thing – just you and it's me doing it. It's a wonder nobody's thought of it before. Well, just you and me doing it. It yeah. looks a bit sort of, I don't know, you know, half-baked. Yeah. But if we'd had the imprimatur of, say, Bet365, <laughs> even though we all know the results. Yeah. It, it still doesn't make it less fun, does it? It doesn't. That's absolutely right. In fact, it can add to the fun, knowing that you're either going to win or lose. <laughs> the World Boxing Federation is committed to the development of the quantum computer, supports astronomy and believes in rational debate. No other sport has made such commitments. This is Bludging on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. Yes, now, Roy, Rugby League, obviously, it's in the news again. Oh, it's never now out of the news, is it? Um, the NRL has brought in one of Australia's leading biochemical weapons experts to ensure the season resumes at the New South Wales site, expected to be one of the safest in the country, you know, from, obviously, COVID-19. Yep. While the consultant's identity has been kept a secret, Ooh. The Herald has t- been told by sources familiar with Project Apollo mm-hmm. uh, the specialists will play a leading role in drafting biosecurity plans to be tabled this week. The expert has previously liaised with Australian Army, Police, Fire Brigade and will have a significant say on whether the NRL can resume in on May the 28th. Right. When you got the job, Roy, mm-hmm. did you realise there'd be so many caveats that you couldn't reveal that you were doing the work? And mm-hmm. can I just basically ask, this is an area of your... CV that I hadn't come across. No. How long have you been a biosecurity expert? Look, I did a course. I was approached by the rugby league to uh, do this to work. Do, to do the course, they said, "How how how quickly could you get qualified?" And I rooted around on the internet, and I found uh, a, a a university in Kentucky in the mm. United States that would uh, have me ticketed within an hour and a half. Uh, it wasn't cheap. It cost a little no, bit of money. No. But the NRL was happy, happy to pay that for mm-hmm. me. So I got myself fully ticketed, so to speak, and then they asked me, they said, Roy, in your capacity now as a fully ticketed biosecurity, biosecurity expert, can we play rugby league? To which I said, of course you can. 
Now, of are you, you are you worried about the look of this? That not this got nothing to do with your recent qualifications no. and the money paid to get no. those qualifications. The that, fact uh, that you cannot be public about this. Yes. But sure, on this program you can, but yeah. no one listens to this program. No. But no. if you can't go on the Seven News, mm. uh, you couldn't go on. You know, obviously nine. Well, no one's watching nine because rugby league's got the hump. The, the boycott. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> the boycott's on. But <laughs> you could go on the ABC News and say, "Well, I am that person, and this is what I'm planning to do." Yes. The hydrogen Peroxide, yes. swabs, gloves, all that sort of sure. stuff? Sure, yeah. Are yeah. you worried that it's a not a good look that you have to basically wear a paper bag over your head? Look, I, I, I said to them, I, I'm happy to go public on this. I'm happy to have my name attached to this recommendation. They said, no, 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 Roy, no, 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 we don't want to muddy the water, you know, we don't. We, we, we just want this as, you know, a fact we can present to the public. You know, without any questions being asked. And yeah. I said, well, I'm happy to have people ask me questions. They said, Roy, we, we don't want people asking you questions about it. And I thought, oh, well, fair enough. They know better than me. If you are an Australian confused by the terms multi, pick the score, first try scorer or pick the margins, Bludging on the Blind Side provides a free helpline service. Dial 1-800-BACKDOOR-BENNY and make an appointment for the whole family. Now, Roy, uh, you know how we have um, the coach of the New South Wales Blues, you know, he has often great ideas to do with, uh, you know, walking around yes. in bare feet and, you know, obviously. Oh, the earthing and stuff, the earthing yeah. and yeah. sitting in pyramids and the hogs for the homeless and all that sort of stuff. You know, They're the pyramids great. I didn't know about. No, the pyramids are there. Is that what? Because pyramids have special energy, don't they? They actually? do. People sit in the pyramids and they yes. come out really ready to rip in and tear maroons. That's right. Remember a few years ago, actually, you could get uh, a, a, a little pyramid that you could put your razor razor blade, razor blades on, yeah. and they would sharpen yeah. by the by the influence, the power of the pyramid. Yeah, I, I never did it. I, no. uh, you know, but a lot of people who tried it assured me that it was. And how long since you've used a razor blade? Me personally. Well, it's just well this a, morning. Oh wow! See, I use those fusion things. Uh, on oh, the I thought you were going to say for a moment you've got a pyramid that takes the beard <laughs> off. <laughs> Well, that's fantastic. I, I'll have to get one as soon as I go out from the studio. Well, you know, obviously have yeah. to track one down online and maybe get it sent to my house in the current circumstance. No, I think they sell them in the United States, actually. The yeah. pyramids. The pyramid beard remover, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, well, that bloke, that's Braddy Fitler, the yeah. bloke with the ideas. Yeah, no, the pyramid man. The yeah. pyramid man. He's come up with an excellent suggestion. Yeah. So when we come to State of Origin, yeah. his suggestion is is that several weeks before State of Origin, you declare, this is the public of Australia, declare they're interested and buy a ticket. Yep. They impact, part of that ticket yeah. is a isolation area. Oh, quarantine. Quarantine <gasps> in a hotel for two weeks leading up oh, to the big day. Brilliant. Yeah, I know. So let's say you were dealing with the 14th yeah. of May yep. or 14th of June, let's be realistic, yep. 14th of June, yep. you would go into quarantine on the 1st, 1st of, of June. 1st of June, yes. You'd sit there by yourself, obviously yep. in a special area with your ticket, tick, 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 days yeah. go by, tick, 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 yep. tick, tick, tick. Yep. More food comes in, tick, 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 tick. Gee, they'd be expensive tickets because I don't think the government would pay for your quarantine well, hang on under a these circumstances. Or 
the rugby league with their line of credit, they could pay for it. I think that's the true. But where where are we with rugby league and the government? I mean, you had, uh, yeah. I think, a Jim Molan cabinet idea, a war cabinet. A war, was, this is a sports to, war cabinet, AC. Not war only cabinet. dealing with uh, rugby league but the AFL and, you know, football itself and cricket, all the sports. Yeah, I don't know where the cabinet is at the moment. I don't, the, the, the war cabinet, I don't know. I haven't heard from Jim. He's gone quiet, as, as, as quiet as Jared Kushner. <laughs> I'd well, have to say. That's completely <laughs> silent. Yeah. Uh, now, look, what is Who I think was working on a similar idea, as some, not, not to do with sports, but I think some sort of cabinet, some Oh, inner, he was. That's right. It was yeah, a transition Transition cabinet. cabinet that's yes, it. that's right. Who was going to get America going again. Yeah. Now, what I'm trying to get to, though, yep. is the idea, and why I balked at, mm. that was the federal government seems to be keen on paying for a lot of things at yeah, the moment. I don't see yeah. why it wouldn't pay for, say, 60,000 people to isolate themselves for a fortnight leading up to a state of origin match. What a shot in the arm for the hotel industry, HG, for our, for our hotels struggling in our motels. That were, you're absolutely right. Yep. You know, you would keep people employed. Yep. It's a variation of the job keeper allowance. Yes. Uh, maybe people who go in don't get the job keeper allowance that is going to the... Yep. Etc. for the isolation to go to the state of origin. They don't get the JobKeeper allowance for that fortnight. It's just an idea. Yeah, right. I mean, it is it is an excellent idea. It's a mm. sort of lateral thinking. It is lateral thinking. I like it. And so he says here, I've got a theory that for their, obviously, origin, mm. if we've got a, you know, a date, mm. you could sell tickets and those people can go on an app mm. and they'd have to isolate, self-isolate for the two weeks' prize. It's yep. as simple as Simple that. idea, it's yeah. Just, it's amazing what yep. he's come up yep. with. Yep, yep. And rugby league people... Supporters, you could rely on them. You could trust on them to self-isolate. You could. I don't you think could. you'd need to police it in any way, HG. I don't. I don't think you'd need to put them in a hotel. Really, I think if they've just committed, yes, we've bought the ticket. We're going to self-isolate. You could take it as read that they would. Now, can I just jump on? Uh, am I right in thinking, Mister? <laughs> Yeah. has got some idea where Google and uh, is it Apple are going to yes. join together and create an app to work out whether you've come in contact with anybody who's got the coronavirus. That's right. Yes, that's right. Just bend that slightly. Yep. Could you mm-hmm. make then an app mm-hmm. which demonstrated that these people who bought the rugby league tickets to the state of origin, the grand final, were self-isolating? Well, theoretically, yes, but always there are ways of getting around this, oh, HG, know, you know, I leave know. your phone at home and go for a walk. Yeah. You know, it's as simple as that. What you'd have to do is have some have uh, a chip put inside each person. Mm-hmm. So who wanted that, to get involved in rugby league yes, action. Who, who wanted to go? Who was seriously committed to state of origin and wanted to go? They'd have to have a chip, say, put in their neck or somewhere discreet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that couldn't be removed, that would monitor them 24 hours a day and you could show, demonstrate clearly that they had self-isolated all that time. You know, uh, I, I I don't know. The, the I, t- I, I don't think they'd mind. I, no. I, I don't oh, think a committed supporter would object to that at all. Well, buy a ticket and the ticket's the embedded, tickets embedded in the embedded chip. In your, thank you. And then you walk through, blah, 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 yep. and you come. All clear. Yeah. <laughs> now... I've been told in China, I haven't been following the relationship between social media, you know, yes. observation and the Chinese authorities. No. But I've been told that people who are mm. on the system in China are yes. very quickly rounded up if they move off the system. This is oh, surveillance. Okay. Yeah. But they can get there within, you know, alarmingly quick. Really? I mean, uh, you, you know, mean if they waddle outside without their phone? Exactly. If they waddle outside without their phone. So, what technology tells them that people are no are not near their phone? Well, that's the thing. Is that's other the thing. people's phones? 
See, that's the... That's but what the, is responding inside the person without a phone that makes another phone respond? See, that's what you've got yeah, me. Yeah, I know. What a mystery that now, is. Now we're talking pyramids. <laughs> the most decent people on earth, Australians. The fittest people on earth, Australians. The fittest, most decent Australians, the AFL community. Celebrated each week here on The Bludge. Uh, Roy, just uh, before, I know we've got pressing commitments here. Uh, just uh, quickly, you know, is Sam's protest yeah. in the plus fours with the swing in the bag on the steps of the Parliament House yeah. gaining any traction or does he need – I noticed Warney came out and supported he him. Did. Or he did. Or do you think they need a lot more? Well, I think it's fallen on deaf ears because Daniel Andrews has dug his heels in HG. He said, you know, nobody loves golf more than me and I'm not playing golf because it's a bad look and sends a bad signal to the rest of uh, rest of our society. That's the Andrew view. So I can't see much headway ready for Sam. No, no. Do you think he has to up his game? And I'm not. Well, he sure. might have to up his game or realise that in this occasion, he's rare wrong. it is, yeah. rare it is, as yeah. it is for Sam, he's on the wrong side of history. Is he allowed to move to New South Wales? If he goes into lockdown for fourteen for fourteen days, yes, well, it's worth it for your golf. Of course, it is. The AFL supports the dreams and aspirations of hard-working Australians who want nothing more than the right to have a fair go. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, have the carrier pigeons brought any mail, uh, Roy? Uh, you, there was a suggestion, HG, I think it was uh, Scott in... Uh, in um, Wollongong, was Wollongong, it? Wollongong, yes, who was interested in... Uh, Pete Evans, Steve from uh, Wollongong. Um, Pete Evans, he says, is being unfairly bagged. Now, why he raises Pete Evans, it's in the context of cooking judges that we were talking about earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. We are talking about the new MasterChef judges and what a terrific job they're doing, even though they're wearing a fair amount of vanishing cream. Um, but uh, Pete Evans, he says, is being unfairly bagged in the press this week. Have you tried his new lamp, he asks, to cure COVID-19? Now, look, I haven't, but I've heard terrific things about it. It's right up there with that um, that pyramid technology we were talking about earlier, HG. Well, look, I, I haven't tried it either, but if I could describe it as sticking a bright light in a food blender seems to be the mm-hmm. whole thing. Yep. And you stand in front of it and you get terrific, terrific boost. Is that right? Uh, energy Your wise. immune system gets boosted. The whole Is that thing gets boosted. Your energy, right. your immune system, your intellect. Have uh, you got to be on a paleo diet for it to work? I, I don't think so. Look, no. this comes out of a conversation last week concerning the chemist in Gosford yes. who pioneered the terps and milk Well, someone method. asked a little bit earlier, she was, did, did we imagine terps was going to appear as an ingredient in MasterChef this week? Whoa! That would be a real challenge, wouldn't it, for our... I think that's the secret ingredient. You're absolutely right. Yes, terps, terps and MasterChef, yeah. the final frontier. <laughs> yes. Now... It is rather, isn't it? You know, years ago... Uh, I've never that... seen terps put in a recipe. Honestly, well, you know, I've cooked a few things in my time, but never have I seen in the list of ingredients, you know, four drops of terps. Or it was two teaspoons, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, well, uh, no. See, in I your think chemist t- in Man t- Street in Gosford. Yes, Eggins was the name. Eggins, yeah. And you thought this was the only time The only Eggins, Eggins associated with, with rugby, rugby league. league. Yes. Now, 
what happens is, is I think you had a teaspoon of milk and you didn't have it every day. No. You had it every other day. Yep. This is for the Spanish flu. Yep. If it comes back, for God's sake, remember this. Yes. That what happens is you put 10 drops of terps yeah. into the teaspoon of milk and have it every other day and that's the cure. Wow. Okay. I, I suppose you either become an alcoholic or dead. Yeah. But then it's. But he was very much a Pete Evans of his time, wasn't he? He was. He was. He was. And let's not forget that yeah. the President Trump yes. has got that hydroxychlorine. I think, yes. The fish tank cleaner. And sometime malaria. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, well, aid. 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 That's right. Yes. Now, can I come back to what I was going to raise? Yeah. Was anyway, speaking of Pete, I think Pete Manu's show finished it, filming this week, actually. Is that back too? Yeah. Soon? That's My Kitchen Rules? It'll be an MKR spin off, I think. Uh huh. Now, um, they're great judges. They know their food. And let's not forget I Manu. I think the Irish bloke might be involved in it as well. I can't think of his name. Ooh. The Irish bloke that sometimes sits in with Pete Manu. Right. Mm. I, must, I must have missed this. Yeah, I must have been have. sleeping. Yeah, you would. <laughs> <laughs> it was on. Now, can I ask, let me get back to the yeah. thing. I've got nothing against, you know, the inventions and Pete uh, has done great things with staring at the sun for hours on end. Oh, uh, yes. Remember, I wanted to jump back to the old days. Is that what gives him that slightly mad look? It is. It is. Because he does have that slightly mad, oh, I mean, I don't hold it against him. No. He's obviously as sane as you and me yeah. or anyone else who comes up with a lamp that can <laughs> cure the virus. I mean... You know. Go figure. <laughs> now, look, can I ask, he does occasionally look as though he's been hit in the head with a ball. Thank you, yes. I accept that. Surprise from behind. That's right. Yes. Can I come back Which to... Which is a difficult look to master. <laughs> oh, <isn't> <laughs> I want you to look surprised from behind. I know. He's got, he was born with it. I tell you what, though, <laughs> I reckon he's getting worn out by having to keep the contestants in MKR... Oh, with their noses at the grindstone sure. instead of just gossiping you, about uh, this and that and that I don't like that person and that person yeah. doesn't know food. And oh, I thought you were going to say that he's having trouble having the contestants take him seriously. <laughs> <laughs> no, as an as a, as a enforcer, yeah. yes. Yeah. Now, can I come back to, look, I have been worried about the, you know, obviously coronavirus like everyone else. Yeah. But I went back to the energy Polarizer that Peter Brock oh, popularised. Yeah, this yeah. is years ago. I mean, this would be two decades yeah, ago. Yeah, easily, easily. And what it was, was poo pooed at the time, it was, too, wasn't it? It was poo pooed at the time. Yeah, as though it did nothing for fuel consumption. Yeah, did nothing for wear and tear on. Well, his he car. had empirical proof, didn't he? Or he reckoned he did. He yes, reckoned he did. We never saw it. We never saw obviously, it. Obviously, no. you know, the and it was impossible. Him. A bit like the pyramid. Was a bit impossible to either prove or disprove. Well, impossible to prove. Easy to disprove. <laughs> but anyway, I, I decided I'd get one out and yeah. strap it to my head and see how I went with oh, yeah. it because I had nothing to do with it. I thought with... you looked pretty bright this morning. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, did you right. sleep with the polarizer on? I slept with the polarizer on last night. It's hard to get them, but you do find them on eBay. Right. People have collected quite a lot of them on right. the off chance that they had another use. They'll come into their own. But these lamps that Pete's got, I mean, they're going Could to be. Could you slave a, a polarizer to one of Pete's exactly. lamps? Yeah, you're talking. Sit it on a pyramid and, and stand back. Yeah, stand <laughs> back and watch the explosion. <laughs> If you are a genuine person of faith and love rugby league, what can you do? Just believe. HG? Yes, Roy, the jungle drums. They've well, been you mentioned that, text, Yes, Mark from Sanford in Tasmania has uh, been on the line. He said that, he, or he insists, the Greeks have been using terps in cooking for centuries, calling it retsina. 
Now, I don't think Red Cena's terps. Well, isn't Red Cena an alcohol? It goes a smoky, it goes a well, smoky uh, creamy colour, doesn't it? Well, the re- When you add water to it. You're thinking of Uzo. I think of Uzo. Yeah, I now, Red Cena, though, is a um, – I always connect it with a flavouring to do with, say, I know it sounds like – Sort of aniseedy? Yeah, or piney. Piney, aniseedy. Geary, yeah. sort of. And it's a wine. I've always connected as a wine. Right. Terps right. is a fairly unforgiving product. It is. Uh, it's okay for stripping paint. It is. I always recommend to people, if you're going to cook with terps, have a taste of it first. So, so – so. You know what I mean? So, so you're not – because people are tempted to go be heavy-handed. Someone's suggesting there could be a run on uh, Terps. Terps will be the next thing to leave the shelves. <laughs> you know when you – if you were a judge on MasterChef, yeah. would you keep the Terps as an idea, as dry powder? I would. Or do you think in episode one, to get an audience in? Yeah. Because you want social media to <laughs> sure. talk about it. You know, ladies and gentlemen, welcome oh, to Oh, well, just because I thought. Uh, back in the day when MasterChef was, you know, really cooking, so to speak, they used to have on the Friday night a masterclass where, you know, Gary had come up with something that he's been... Like boning a leg of lamb. Yeah, 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 something like that. Um, now, uh, there's there's no reason why the, the current crop couldn't do that and on the Friday night have a Terp special where... Both of them, you know, both of them that are cooks, that is Adam and uh, what's the, 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 the Scottish bloke whose name might be Jock, where Jock and Adam cook up something with terps and the critic, Melissa, the, the one who has trouble eating properly, um, she she judges it. Or, or the, what the, a great the, idea. The rest now, of them now, judge it or I, something like that. Anyway, is it? give them a test. Cook with terps. Make it work. Yeah, okay. <laughs> now... We have week one, we have desserts with terps. Oh, Lord. Week two, we have cakes and slices yes. with terps. Week three, we have pasta dishes sure. with terps. Week four, we might be on to salads with terps. Sure. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I do. There's a lot of uses of there terps. There is. And we would you think, like this week, this Friday night, the special would be Anzac biscuits with, with terps. The game is only as good as it stars. Footballers come and go, but Eddie, Bruce, BT, Lingy, Richo, Rabs, Gus and Joey Rabbit are forever keeping that flickering flame alive. These Aussie greats are saluted every week on Bludging on the Blind Side. Sorry, actually, Colin Fastnage is the bloke's name. The Irishman, who who is joining Pete and Manu, right? And do you feel as yeah. though they need more support? I wouldn't have thought so. No, I mean they they've held it down pretty well. I mean I do think that they could be a bit more, you know, eyes yeah. down. Yeah. You know, this is a cooking show, not a gossip session. Sure. You know, it's not you know the yeah, back page yeah, yeah. of the Sunday papers yep. here. Yeah. Um, well, there may be something's going on. Remember, there was the suggestion. I think you made the suggestion, and I think it was based on, on reality and not hunch. And that is that uh, Gary and Matt were teaming up with Manu, which would open the way for this Irishman, Colin, to go oh, with Pete on that, MKR. That, that may be well. Remember, of course, we broke the story here some weeks ago that 
the big three, that's Manu, Matt and Gary, had decided to drive up from Melbourne to Sydney. Mm-hmm. I think they picked up Manu out front of the Bensdale Post Office yeah. and came around the, you know, Princess Highway right. and put a lot of money back into the economy. They did. This is before the they COVID-19 did. and lockdown and all that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. I think they stopped at a petrol station yeah. and they had a few oysters. They did. That gives you an idea they of how did. committed they were yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you may be well be right now, the big three. So, so now I understand. See, Pete would have been... Couldn't have done that trip with them because he he's, would have been working on the lamp, one imagines. Exactly, exactly. And then he's got to think about what he's going to do, how he's going to present himself, you know, yeah. with the start of the look that's being hit by the ballpoint hammer. Sure. <laughs> no, well, he was born with that, actually. I mean, I don't think he's got to work at that. <laughs> anyway, I, but this show, The Big yeah. Three, yeah. Uh, Matt, Gary and uh, Manu, Manu yeah. Because that's going to electrify. That's going to blow the opposition out of the water. No matter what they do, they've got gravitas. They do. So uh, they do. Th- they're obviously working on that. That's coming on. And I think it may be on one, you know, am I right in thinking on, um, you know, I don't know, a, a Digi channel? Oh, really? Yeah. I had no idea. I thought you, for a start, I thought you, you might have been suggesting it was going to be on the Todd Woodbridge Network, Channel 9. Todd Woodbridge Network. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought of it as that. No, but that's how I'm seeing it these <laughs> yeah. days. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> now, look, coming back to State of Origin, and can I just say that mm-hmm. Rugby League has a genius for inventing new things, doesn't it? It so does. It's just incredible. This fallow period that they've got where they can't play for obvious reasons, yeah. they've come up with so many great ideas. Remember how they were going to start off with five or seven State of Origins off the bat? Yes. Remember Rugby League Island? Remember Apollo Project? Remember the… Project Apollo, uh, yeah. yeah. That's and, still going, I believe. The Project Apollo… Culminates on the 28th of May, doesn't it? Why is it called Project Apollo? Is it in homage? Because a vision that JFK had yeah, and he loved his ago. rugby league, JFK. We didn't know that. But, but you know, Commissioner Pierce is aware of, you know, he's yeah. a great student of American history. Yeah, that's right. And <laughs> some players turned up at the White House one year. Yes, they did. Forgotten who they were. Yeah. But anyway, they were there and he thought, bloody hell, rugby league, that's got a chance. Could we play it on the moon? Right. And that's where Project Apollo took off. But 50 years ago this week, mm. you see, that's the mistake that I never made was looking at my history yeah. and looking at what Project Apollos were going on 50 years ago. It was the dud one where they only got uh. up. They might have been 11. Oh. They got up there and then it had to come back and splash down in the Pacific. But everybody got, you know, obviously, it's the Houston we had a problem one. Oh, that was 13, wasn't it? Well, mm. was that 13? Apollo 13? I think 11. 11, was it? I think so. Don't quite be I thought that. 13. See, 13's the one that's successful, isn't oh. it? No, we'll have to go to the history book. Yeah, we'll have to here. go to our history book. God, the, how quickly we forget. I know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway. Rugby League hasn't forgotten, and that's the important thing. Project Apollo. (laughs) Right. 28th of May. And was that the day Armstrong landed on the moon? Is that it? Because uh, I thought it was much later in the year. Right. Somehow <laughs> July. It was Christmas time. No, not Christmas time, the middle of the year. Middle of the year. Yeah. Okay. Now, at least I can remember that. Now, what I was going to say was great ideas, great ideas from Rugby League and so many at this time. Yeah. I can't remember a more productive no. time for Rugby League. Fallow has suited Rugby League, it hasn't has, it? It's come at an ideal time. Yes. The Volandis and them don't realise no. this, but they're having the time of their lives. The time of their lives. And this boycott of Channel 9. Yeah. I mean, who would have imagined that? Exactly. The broadcaster being boycotted by the people who had broadcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it <laughs> does <laughs> make any sense. That's rugby league. Anyway, I come to the point. Uh, we're back to Brady Fittler. 
remember the pyramids that shave and the razor blades <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Hogs for the Homeless, Brady Fittler, has endorsed plans for State of Origin Series to restart the season. Mm. Now, I'm not sure that that's going ahead, but be that as it may, I yeah. would have thought that players have to play a bit before they can go into State oh, of Origin. I would have thought so, yeah. just anyway. in terms of standards, yes. Yeah. And he even wants Tongan players, such as the Cowboys' uh, Jason Tamalolo, oh, to yeah. be available for selection. Now, hang on a minute. Oh, no. This is too big an idea to get your head around. Is he suggesting now that any player anywhere in the world can be part of State of Origin? That's what he's suggesting. So that means, say, James Graham, he may not want to be involved. No, but he'd be uh, eligible. He'd be eligible. Under the Fittler proposal. Or Jack White, and, and I think. F- he's eligible for either side. You'd have to imagine. So the captains, mm-hmm. uh, let's say Boyd Cordner and, uh, well, uh, oh, Justin, well. Th- Jason, uh, Justin Thurston. Yes. Um, who may have been captain last yeah. year for the Maroons. Mm-hmm. I may be wrong about that. Right. Anyway, they get to pick pick one. Yeah. So they toss a coin, mm-hmm. big television event. Oh, yeah. Who's going to play for the Maroons? So pick one is, let's say, they decide to pick Sam Burgess. Yep. He, oh, no, yeah, I know he's retired, but just yeah, for argument's yeah, sake, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Sam, you're a, you're a maroon. Is that is that how it works? Oh, great! I've always wanted to play for the Maroons. Where were you born? Oh, I was in England. <laughs> in England. Yeah, but that's the brave new world we're in. I suppose you've got it to is. forget everything you've understood about rugby yeah. league, state of origin. You know, yeah, any club affiliations up until now, because yeah. we've opened it up. We've had a period where we've had to think, and yeah. we think this is great. Yeah. Well, you know, Jason Tamalolo, a Tongan, yeah. I rest my case. I know, I know. Because I bet you. And this would be a show, wouldn't it? This would be the show, the great That's announcement. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, Who's in the team? Skid Marks is looking for shows. Um, Scott Cam's got nothing to do. Could he host it? That'd be fantastic. Scott State Cam of Origin from... Selection Show. Yeah. With Scott Cam. G'day, everyone. You know? How does it go on from there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big night come. tonight. Big, yeah, night, big night, tonight. night tonight. Okay, uh, we've got blues and we've got maroons. And then you'd have commentators. Yeah. Has he made the right decision? Say Gus Gould, a panel yeah. of Gouldy, and you might have Andrew Johns there That's and right. a maroon like Darren Lockyer. Sure. So, you yeah. know, Gouldy would be the chair. Obviously, you say, well, uh, Joey, what do you think about that selection? Yeah. Jason Tamalolo, the first. Well, pick. I don't think he can fit. I, I don't think he can fit into the the start the structures of uh, of the Maroons under uh, Kevin Walters. I just think his structures aren't suited. You can see where this would go. I, I mean, it'd be a fascinating show, wouldn't it? Harness racing is committed to zero emissions by 2050. No other sport has made such a commitment. This is Bludgeon on the Blind Side. On ABC Radio. Okay, an update on Apollos. Yeah. <laughs> 11, the one in trouble. 13, the one that was successful. 13 got there. Yeah. That was Armstrong and Co. Yeah. Collins. Buzz Aldrin, Collins. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, see. Those were the days, weren't they? It's not taught in schools anymore. No, it's not taught in schools. That's why I'm. It wasn't taught see. in schools when we were watching it happening. <laughs> Was it? It wasn't. It wasn't. Um, look, I, I've got to. Mm. I've got to take a pause here and compose myself because yeah. two things happened last weekend. We had the last run of Happy Clapper. Yes. Uh, you remember, of course, Paddy Webster. You know, no one can go on track. Paddy decided he'd drive down, look the horse go round in the Queen Elizabeth Stakes. Mm. Uh, he says, uh, well, the stable believes that it was the right way for the clapper to go out. There was no fanfare for the nine-year-old as he finished midfield. But it's not how he'll be remembered by punters. 
They'll see him as a three-time Group 1 winner and the horse that chased Winks home on 11 occasions. That's right. That's how I remember him. <laughs> a loser. The bloke behind Winks. <laughs> he was the best miler in a generation. He just ran into the best horse in the world. Yeah. What a philosophical way of putting it. Mm. The clapper holds a unique place in the Randwick Mile history for being the only horse to win the summer, spring and autumn 1,600-metre handicaps, the Villiers, the Epsom and the Doncaster Mile. Mm. The only horse. The only horse. I yeah. mean, they say there's no rom- romance in racing, but yeah. imagine that, the uh, Villiers, the Epsom and the Doncaster. Is anyone going to do a biography of Happy Clapper? I mean, there's a great story there. There is. Any suggestion It would even for, make a great film, wouldn't it? Is there any suggestion for a title? <sighs> I Got the Clap. <laughs> Not bad. You know, as in I grok the yeah, clap. Yeah, I know, you know what you the, mean. Yeah. I know, but it has that sort of, of uh, double entendre. Don't drop double entendre, that, indeed. That kids laugh. Yeah, I know. That would draw an audience <laughs> yeah, in. That's right. They think, ah, oh, an hour or two at the clinic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, he ran second in the two Doncasters as well and I think he uh, would win one. Mm. I didn't think he'd win one. That was my best day at the track. He ran second in the George Main Stakes, the Chipping Norton Stakes, and yeah. it would have been nice to have won those two, but, well, I never thought I'd save a horse like him. Clapper ran into, we'll go into Racing New South Wales Team Thoroughbred Program yeah. run by Malcolm Fitzgerald, who's likely to be the first member of the Living Legends uh you know, yeah. living legends like set up. Now, are you thinking that the clap could go round and visit, say, aged care's homes or schools or I don't think Clapper would be able to go in but could stand in the car park and people could have a look through the windows out here. Right, of course, in our current yeah. difficult circumstances. Actually, we've just had an update here. Uh, and I agree with this, this has always been my feeling, that it was Apollo 11 that landed with Aldrin and uh, Armstrong yes. and co, and 13 was, was the, the troubled one? mission. Right, there we go. That's a complete reverse of what we've just had yes. information. Yeah, That's... but that was always my belief. Right, fair enough. Fair mm. enough. I, I don't dispute your belief. No. <laughs> well, someone was. <laughs> yeah. but... anyway, anyway, we've got that sorted out now. Yeah, that's good. Well, that certainly does... Make it because you know, it was the thumbs. unlucky number, the whole thing about oh, no. 13, you know. Yeah. Is that the one they made the film about? Yes, yes, good. Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, that's sort of thing. Yeah. Tom Hanks, who was here not so long back, with, went down with and, and was saved by bloody Pete's lamp <laughs> and the energy polarizer. Now, look, can I just say, is you know, the the clapper, I mean, he was a personality horse, wasn't he? He was. These 1,600-metre races at Randwick, though, they're bits of lotteries, really, and I don't want to take the Villiers, Epsom and Doncaster yeah. mile off him, no. but lots of horses have won some of those. Yeah. Um, but the big story, I reckon, was the 11 runs against Winks. Yeah, that, yeah, that's how I'll always yeah. remember him. Where is he? Where Where's is he coming? coming? Yeah, I wasn't interested in Winks as much as a horse. No, I just want to see where the clapper went. Yeah, that's you know, Because right. you know me, my style, I always... I always, you know, you know, bet on, you know, the second favourite for a place. For a place. <laughs> and he never disappointed me. No. Uh, you, never. You bought a swimming pool with all Oh, that. well, no, I wouldn't go that far. No. Uh, you know, you paid for me. You never win much no. in, in, in betting this way. But but you stay just in the a, game. No, a nose ahead. Yeah, in the game. A nose ahead. So now we come, of course, to this, uh, you know, might and power. Oh, might and power, yeah. Melbourne Cup winner. Yep. You know, it was a beast of a horse. You know, it was twice as wide as the front as a normal horse and five times as wide at the back yeah. as a normal horse. Yeah. They had to expand the gates to fit him in. It was a bit, he reminded me of Rooting King in that way, actually. He no, did. Very similar size. Yes. Yeah. And they were it, giants, weren't they? Giants. Giants. Uh, look, um, 
Jimmy Cassidy, uh, you know, look, incredible. Yeah. Uh, he's an athlete and aggressive bastard. That's why we got on so well. Um, this is his jockey connected with him, the pumper. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking in his ear. I always do that to settle, you know, with my horses, settle down, big boy. I tell him, settle down, heading down to the straight in front of 94,000, going metal. I was in his ear. Whoa, big fella. Whoa, fella. Mm-hmm. He's uh, trying to get away, but I can't let him. Now I've got him into a nice rhythm. You can see it now. He's already in the race. Yeah. At the 1200 metres, they're coming at me. Then he jumps. Mm-hmm. He's seen his own shadow on the ground. We hit the turn. Here they come. My brother Larry on linesman joins in. He's already using the whip. I'm cuddling. By the time we get to the clock tower, I have him to ask him to get going with all that weight. When we get over the line, my guts are a mess. I've done all the donkey work and I'm now and and now I've been beaten. Greg Hall on Doreen stands up in the irons. Usually a jockey knows. It was a close finish. You can see it now, yeah, can't you? I can. The photo gave it to might and power. Yeah. It reverberates. Cassidy gets wet-eyed yeah. and Jack Demon cried at the presentation, report, reporting on the Melbourne Cup Carnival's decades down south. You get closer to horses than normal and seeing yeah. them most mornings and that was the situation with might and power. Now, yeah. that yeah. gives you an idea of the background of the story yeah. and Bruce is on the phone all of a sudden yeah. in tears. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know... I haven't got this too. It's a bit like the 11 and 13. I haven't got this nailed down. Mm. But remember we saw Bruce moved from Adelaide, some of them, mm. to Sydney to be part of Seven's Olympic Games coverage, yes. sadly not to be postponed, yes. and he had a horse in his house. There were a lot of photos That's of that right. horse. I thought it was Winks he had in the house. Yeah. Well, I'm now thinking, starting to think that I've got that wrong. And it was Might and Power. Well, I think it might have been Might <gasps> and Power. Okay, I had no idea. Yeah. I, I didn't know they knew each other that well. Oh, yeah, well, we broke the story at the time. That oh, well, I knew that he and Winks were. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Enough said. Yeah, but the See trouble is can. Bruce has got form. Yes. In dumping horses. It wouldn't surprise me to think that Bruce has moved on to, say, Red Zell or something like that. Oh. New relationship. Or alligator blood. <laughs> the mystery horse. The, the mystery week. horse, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um. Look, how did you, the, the thing about, did you go? The, the thing about might and power for mine, HG, I mean, great stayer. He was, I, I can't think of a horse that was more respected. That's the thing. I agree with this. I agree with this. He was respected. Mm. You know, I, I think of the great figures we, we, we respect in our community, might and power was one of them. And I thought if ever we were, if ever Australia was going to elect a horse to the Senate, it would be might and power. Yeah. But the, on, the only thing that, that wouldn't allow that to happen, of course, is that might and power was born in New Zealand and might and power would have to... Yeah, go to the high court. Go to the high court, yeah. And plead his case and have somebody plead his case. Most things, most things. I, I mean, if you enter into a relationship, uh, say, with, with an animal, you know, bestiality, HG, always the difficulty is... Uh, whether the animal has consented. consented or not and how you arrive at consent, whether it's a or a with a, with a horse, you know, whether, whether a judge will interpret that as a yes or a no. It's always a little bit difficult. And I always thought with might and power, even if might and power had the willingness mm-hmm. to become an Australian citizen, how would you know? No, I, I take your point. Yeah. I take your point. And that's for the legal minds far that, greater no, than Far ours. greater than ours, yeah. yes. Now, champion is a personal assessment. This is Maxie Presnell writing and yeah. I can't give him that title. 
I don't even reckon he would have won Saturday's Queen Elizabeth's uh, Stakes at Royal Ramwick, a race he notched in 1998. It was a stronger field this year. But Might and Power, who died, obviously, last weekend, was special horse, mm. one that induced tears and entitled to legend status. Yes. Prepared in his prime by Jackie Denham, yep. Might and Power was twice Australian Race Horse of the Year in 98-99 and yep. named World Champion. World Star- Champion, that's right. World Champion Stayer. They can't take that away from him. Don't who said they were. Pete? No. Manu? No. No. Now, when it comes to it, he, he um, obviously, the Zabil Girling was the second horse to take the Caulfield Melbourne Cup double. Yes. As well as the Cox Plate and Mooney Valley and amongst his 15 wins from 33 races. Now, you did say to Bruce, mm. Bruce, get this in perspective, go back and have a look at some of the tapes. Because yeah. they, they must bring memories back of the relationship between yourself yeah. and the horse. Yeah, I'm sure. And, you know, I remember once uh, uh, Jack Denham let Bruce drive the horse float. He did. To take him out to Royal Ramble. Yeah. And often Bruce was there with a the saddle. Yes. And, uh, you know, he'd play funny buggers by putting the wrong saddle on the that's horse. Right. Or putting it on back to front yeah, or something, just as a bit of a... Yeah, I, I remember yeah. that, yeah. And often he'd, always he'd let the horse have a salt lick when he shouldn't have had a salt lick that's before the true. race. That's true. That just reminded uh, me, I, stupidly I allowed uh, Sterling Moss to drive the float to Randwick uh, when I had the king on board, honestly. <laughs> Did the king emerge white-faced? <laughs> yes, I think so. I think so. I mean, he won that day and Sterling, absolute gentleman that he was, mm. um, refused to take any credit for it. But we were booked eight times, even dragging the float. <laughs> Can I ask, do you think it would have been a nice touch? You know, let's face it, Bruce has done a lot of television since 97. Yeah. For him to have asked Might and Power along just once. I mean, I've got to say this. I've yeah. watched the seven coverage. What, he never year. appeared on the show? He never came in. Would have been great if the horse well, had one just on been one. There. Well, one on one. How about your selections in the cup this year? Yes. Now, can I just point out that last weekend I was shocked. I mean, I know this has been happening a lot and I've just caught up with it. Mm. The Bruce had to phone his tips in no. to the seven coverage no. on a dodgy phone line. No. They kept on dropping out. It was, it was embarrassing. It was oh. embarrassing to... People like Bruce. Hasn't Bruce got the NBN? Well, I, I don't know what can't, happened. Can't there. they, you know, yeah, a lot of people are working from home in the... In, 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 yeah, well, in, Bruce certainly wasn't helped In the television the, industry. Yeah, indeed. I mean, if you look at some of your breakfast shows, like Sunrise, a great little show on Seven, or the, or the one on Nine that, uh, you know, Rugby League is boycotting, you know, with, uh, what's his name, Carl and oh, yeah. Ali or whatever her name is. Ali Langdon. You know, they, they often talk to people who on are Skype. on Skype. I know. And it's, it's as if they're in the room. I know. I know. Why couldn't Bruce use that? I don't know. Look, I don't know. Does I he refuse? Is he boycotted have... Skype? What? Well, I don't know. Bruce is boycotted <laughs> Skype. I don't know. Look, it would have been a nice touch given that we've only been in lockdown for a little while for the horse to have appeared because Bruce yeah. must have known he was getting towards the end. Sure. Was Bruce allowed to go to the funeral? funeral? Yeah. Yep. Special yep. dispensation because yep. it would have been in Melbourne, I assume, wasn't it? Yeah, Bruce. Bruce would have been Bruce. snuck in what by... The army, yes. The, the air force, I suppose. Yeah, special plane, only special him on plane, it. Yeah. He flew it. Swimming Australia supports NATO, the CSIRO, the ANZUS Pact, and the World Health Organization. No other sport has made such a commitment. This is Bludgeon on the Blind Side on ABC Radio.
Joy. In new sports at this time of year, now obviously uh, betting on MasterChef fills in a lot of does doesn't it? A lot of punting uh, yeah. options for people, yeah. Yeah. but there is a suggestion that somehow rugby league players, mm. because of their isolation, should be allowed to develop a sport where they run against each other, but two at a time, so as they're obviously wide enough apart, so social distancing can be mm. obviously, okay. you know, obeyed. Yeah. Now, the former rugby league star Jared Hayne will line up against some of the fastest men in Australia as he returns to the sporting arena. Uh, Hayne has agreed to compete against the likes of Josh Adokar, Bronson Zeri, Damien Cook, Joey Manu in a cross-code challenge hosted by Sprint King Roger Fabry. Now, what a terrific... Jared I know. Isn't that Adokar. great to have the name Hayne back like, in yeah. the conversation? Yeah. Do you think, though, that it should be more mm. elaborate than just running up and down? Mm. Because rugby league requires a lot more skills than running up and down. Are you seeing witches' hats, HG, for a start? <laughs> Certainly witches' hats. Yep. And a bit of a swerving here swerving. and there. Swerving. And, and, and those ladders that they've got to... The ladders they've got to... The tippy-toe work, yeah. yes. And lines they've got to stay in. <laughs> yep. So, as you know, you, I mean, Hayne famously... Well, this could go anywhere and it's all good. It's all good and it would make great entertainment and Scott Cam could host it. Without any doubt at all, you could have, you know, a run, you know, run for 50 metres, then the tippy-toe work through the ladder, then the, the hat work, then you've got to uh, maybe mix mix a bit of concrete in a wheelbarrow, stuff there. And run there. that back. Then you've got to run that back and you've got pour to lay it, lay it yeah. pour it. Yeah, and then trowel it off. off. And Scotty judges Scotty it. Scotty judges it and then you might have to build a frame. I don't know. No, no, no. Run somewhere else. Build something else. There's a hammer there and a stick and a nail. Put it together. You know what I mean? I Test them, challenge them. I know. Now, can I ask, do you see them all coming out? They don't know who they're competing against, therefore they can't, uh, you know, can't develop tricks. Yeah. You know, because they know Addo's a sucker for a bit of look over their work. Oh, yeah. You know, so yeah. they, they then they, names are drawn out of the hat. Yes, like that. We might have we, eight. Because you begin with drama, don't you? Exactly. Yep. Who's he, who's saying yeah, going to be drawn against? Right. Then you yeah. have commentators on the sideline. Yep, Gus Gould might be available. Uh, the, remember, of course, in the days past, I think the Penrith Panthers. Yeah. This is going back a long way. Mm. The Penrith Panthers uh, trainee apprentices mm. or the apprentices yep. built a garage. Were involved in a garage building competition oh, on Grand Final Day. They did. They built. They built sheds. You're they right. Got, and then they couldn't get them apart. They couldn't get them apart. They, they, they were so well built. I know. That to delay the start of the game. Did. You don't see that in rugby league anymore. You get some clown like Billy Idol coming out here singing White Wedding. That's right. But seeing, see, that's where we've gone wrong. Yeah. Imagine you wouldn't need Scotty Cam to earn six hundred thousand million from the government to go and, you know, spruik the idea that people should become tradies. No. You'd see them on Grand Final Day as part of the day. Yes. Yes. Now. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if we're Is there a, would there be a, a, a crowd, an audience for this show, HG? I don't think you can have an audience. I no, 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 it. but we, we quarantined. Oh, no, they, no, what, they'd go into lockdown <laughs> a fortnight before the opening show. I mean, yeah, no, get sure, real. they'd need to be committed. Yeah, yeah, committed. Can I ask, I, I jumped in too early, would mm. there be a show on television for this, meaning a television audience? Yeah. Obviously it's going to be a TV show. Yeah. Uh, I think there would be I think an enormous be. number, especially set out like you yeah, suggested. Yeah. Speed. Speed. And agility. Agility and apprenticeship, apprenticeship skills. Apprenticeship skills. 
And, you know, you might yeah. get a, a – you might be able to get something, you know, like the second week might involve a trick thing like wiring a stove, which you then have to boil yes. some kerosene on. Oh, isn't that lovely? What a, what a great idea. I mean, this could go anywhere, really, exactly. couldn't it? It could go anywhere. I mean, yeah. ideally, you'd want – I don't know if this is possible – You'd want something like the block, wouldn't you, where Scott comes out and you've got, you know, two players have got to renovate a toilet. This takes rugby league back to its roots. It does. When players had jobs. Yes. Many of them were plumbers. Thank you. Sparkies. Thank you. And so on. Yes. And that would be a great way. Yes. See, what we've lost but here it is... it doesn't have to end there. You could have a couple of, couple of players... As Highway Patrol, where you've got to book someone. For, you, you see what I mean? I know. You know, they say can't see, can't be. Mm. That's where we've lost the thing is we don't see rugby league players yeah. being tradies. No, we don't. More's the pity. Yeah. <laughs> we see them being bludgers. We do. We do. Now, he says, um, this is the organiser, mm. says the race will be an appetiser. It'll be uh, interesting. And uh, on the back of one effort, I think that, uh, you know, Obviously, he he makes some suggestions about who might be able to win mm. and lose. Yep. Then the plan is to have the group compete in head-to-head elimination races as pairs after three weeks of training with the winner of each race to go on uh, before the final pair to race as a, a crown a winner. So right. you get a, a sort of seeded. Yes. I mean, it's not very elaborate. Even no. I could do it. I no. could organise <laughs> that. Of course. <laughs> it's yeah. no great skill. Yeah. Now. Yep. Can you see? That's, yes, Max Markson could organise something like that. Could he? Yeah, I didn't realise he was interested in sport. No, nor did I. I he, yeah, I would. But if to... we're looking for someone to organise, it. yeah, you mean Max Markson presents? Yes, Jared Hayne. Jared Hayne. Da 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 da. Yeah, Scott but, Cam comes in. Hello, everyone. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Welcome right. to you know yeah. whatever it's going to yeah. be. Three Ring Circus. Three. <laughs> Thank you. Now, someone is suggesting this is Rob in Clifton Hill HG. He's suggesting the trick with turps is that you need to mix it with just a dab of shoe polish for flavour. And colour dictates the flavour's direction. Hang on. Wait wait a minute. Wait a minute. You've got your boot polish, so you've got brown boot polish or black boot polish or white boot polish, and you sprinkle a bit of this, a teaspoon in with, say, uh, let's say a quart, I would speak, a hundred mil of terps. I know quart's nowhere near a hundred mil. Yeah. But what? Yep. To what point is this then used? Oh, this as to make a, it edible, actually. To oh, make it edible. I, I, my understanding was back in the day, a bit of terps with boot polish and maybe a little bit of lime. You mean lime, as in not lime, white lime? No, you I mean, mean a l- bottle of lime. Cordial. Cordial. Mm. Yeah. Well, you see, the uh, <clears throat> I always thought the methylated spirits was your white heat. Yeah. You know, for your people really down on their uppers. <laughs> oh, so you'd mix, the, you'd try well, that not, with a boot polish. Well, I'm not. Well, I, don't I, know if, the, I don't know if terps and boot polish go together. <laughs> Sorry, me, I, I don't know that they Methylated go, spirits. Was, yes. Are, is terps an ingredient in boot polish though? No, I don't think so. Well, what's the one that you put in when your boot polish has gone too hard because you haven't been putting on your oh. shoes? I always thought there was terps. Oh, that, is it? Oh, it's metho in it. Metho. It? Yeah, okay. Oh, well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't try that actually. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No matter how tempting it looks, when and how shiny the boots look at the time when you finish polishing, and there's a little bit left over. No, leave it. Don't be. Just put it back in the cupboard. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Now, can I just say? I mean, are we suggesting opening up this program to be a 
conduit for information about household products that you can use in cooking. Well, I don't want it to become, I don't want us to get bogged down in terps. I, I don't. I think that would be a real mistake and send a poor message. Can I suggest We that? can raise our, our gaze a little bit higher than terps, can't yeah. we? Now, but MasterChef coming out and saying the What about raw linseed oil? Has anyone tried that? Raw linseed oil? That's a magnificent... Fry an egg in it or something. I've never done it, but I'm just wondering. I mean, we used to put it in our cricket bats. We did. We used to soak our cricket bats in it. Yeah. I don't think you have to do it anymore. Yeah. Put the cricket bat, say, in a Upside down. It had a little hole in the end and you used to pour it in a little hole, I Okay. Oh, yeah, that may be well the case. Yeah. What we used to do is put the, like get a jam tin and put the linseed oil in the in the jam tin and put the back inside the and jam tin. osmosis. Yes, would, uh, yeah, yeah. hoover it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, can I, I just say that the the idea, though, of more competitions yes. coming back to the Scotty Cam, you know, mm. Jared Hayne problem. Yep. That's, I mean, we, are we going to see things change so much? This could be the greatest shot in the arm for the Australian entertainment industry, yeah. couldn't it? It certainly could. All it needs is people like Skid Marks and Co., to start listening. I know. And can I say, I don't want rugby league to get left behind here, but yeah. there is a danger it will get left behind, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, so. the, the difficulty is is that people are going to solve these problems. Mm. If you want sport, you're going to create it yourself. Yeah. You know, look at I mean, we've only spent two hours no, trying no. to create something today. Yeah, and we've got about eight shows come out of today. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Anyway. And I've got to say is that, you know, it could be a great, what would you call it, dividing line yeah. between the past and the future. Yes, yes. Especially if you've got all rugby league people hating yeah. Channel 9. That's right, that's right. Uh, this is the great cleft, I think, in our civilization now, HG. There's post, there's pre-V mm-hmm. and there's post-V. Are you seeing this? This is a post-V. World we're discussing. Yeah. Are you seeing this as important as the invention of the wheel? I am. Much more. Much more. Well, that's it for Bludging on the Blind Side for another week. Thanks for joining us, Australia. It's been great to be locking horns with you. Remember Dean Schiffer, 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 Schifferlitty, Jeremy Schloss, Charlie Saab, Matt Utai and Rod Slater. Rugby League heroes never forgotten on Bludging on the Blind Side. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.